I think so. But we're so excited that you all have joined us today. We're going to have an amazing day in the presence of the Lord. Food and fellowship. It's just going to be an amazing day. I've really been looking forward to it. I got great expectation. I know I know there's so many people that have brought great expectation into this place. And what we're going to do is we're just going to spend some time singing, praising the Lord. We like to get a little um, excited when we lift up Jesus, when we begin to praise his name. He's done so many good things in our life. And you might see us raise our hands, sing at the top of our lungs, or lip sync at the top of your lungs. But we like to give God praise, and that's what we're going to do. And we encourage you to join in with us. Let's, let's spend some time thanking the Lord for all the good things that he's done for us. And let's uh, worship his wonderful name. Why don't you stand all over this house? Would you lift your hands and your voices? God, we worship you today. Lord, you've done so much for us, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's lift up a roar of praise to him today. He's worthy. Thank you, Jesus. God, we lift you up, God. Oh, this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. righteousness his body was broken for our transgressions but I'm so glad that's not where the story ends the lamb that was slain that day rose in victory yes he did since that day sin has lost its grip
you're caught up in victory I'm dancing out of my great love Who's this side says free?
so thankful that I know who has the victory. I'm so thankful I know who has all power in heaven and earth. I'm so thankful that today is the day. Today is the day to rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will be glad that he pulled me out. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's beginning to feel good in this place. And it's the presence of the Lord descending on the praises of his people. And we're thankful and looking forward to God continuing to do a work in this place. We're going to have our choir come, minister to us in song. Let's worship with them as they come and sing today. such a beautiful day in the house. Ooh, I've got reverb on me. Sorry. This isn't set for me, but I just wanted to say how proud I am um, of this choir. This choir has been a new thing that we just started back in December for our Christmas program, and we've continued it, and it has been a dream of ours for a long time to have a choir here, and so we're really excited about what God is doing, what he's doing here in this church. Amen? Amen. Hey, he's doing some great things here in this church. And we're so thankful for what he's doing. And I'm so proud of this group right here. Yes, that's it. Let's give him the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I know it's Easter Sunday. Some of us got dressed up. Some of us didn't. That's okay. Some of us haven't been here before. That's okay. You're welcome. We love you. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad that you're here. And we might get a little crazy. I hope we do get a little crazy today. I hope we just let loose and let God have his way today. I hope that we do that. You're welcome to worship with us. You're welcome to sit and listen however you feel comfortable. We just want you to be blessed today. And we pray that this blesses you. Oh, breath. 
Just worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah. I feel his presence in this place. Oh, Maybe you don't know how to do it in your own, uh, but we sing hallelujah. hallelujah. The song gives us, gives us an idea of what we can say. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah to the one. We sing hallelujah to the one. To the one who's seated on the throne, to the one who delivers to the one who heals to the one to the one who brings freedom hallelujah 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 oh he sing hallelujah I know somebody came in here needing a touch somebody came in here needing direction for their life somebody needs strength right now somebody's facing the fight of their life there are people in here, this place is full, and every one of us have things in our life that we are in need of. And I'm here to tell you, there's good news before you, that there is a God who cares, and there is a God who will deliver, and there is a God who will make a way. There are so many testimonies in this house of the different ways that God has provided miraculously. 
that God has met needs miraculously, that God has come through at the very end. People who have been at the end of their rope and facing facing the thought of suicide, bringing it all to an end, then somehow, miraculously, the Lord comes to them in some way and delivers them from it. It does not matter what you walked in here with today. If you don't want it to be a part of your life, it doesn't have to be. It's that easy. There is a God who cares. There is a God who will make a way. And we believe today is the day for you. Today is the day for you. We're going to give you an opportunity to be prayed for. You have a need in your life, whatever it may be. I know it's Easter Sunday and we got things that we got planned, but I'm telling you, there is not one thing more important than what God can do in this moment. I love seeing all these new faces and all all of you, all of our guests here today, but there is not one thing worth more than having the Lord of glory come to your rescue. And I know nobody has nobody has to raise their hand. I know people are needing rescue today. Amen. And we're going to give you an opportunity. Would you stand all over this place? If you have a physical need, if you have a whatever the need is, it does not matter. I want you to come. We're going to lay hands on you. The Bible says that the prayer of faith will save, that the prayer of faith will heal. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. We're going to believe God, and we're going to trust him. We're going to anoint with oil, and in the name of Jesus, you shall recover. And that's what we're speaking and believing. In the name of Jesus, we're going to pray right now. Church, would you, would you lift your voice? If you don't have a need, why don't you stretch forth your hand towards those that are in need? And speak a word of faith over them that God would move in this place. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear. Oh, he lives.
because he lives Let's say that one more time. 
on a hill far away stood an old rock. Lift your voice, say it. The emblem, the emblem of suffering and shame. Oh, and I love, and I love that old where the dearest, where the dearest for a world, for a world of lost sinners was slain. So cherish, say, so cherish the old rugged cross. Yes, till my trophies at last I, oh, at last I lay down. I will cling, I will cling. The blood that Jesus shed hey. for me. Yes, he did. Way back on Calvary. Oh, it's the blood that gives me strength from death. Come on! 
your hands and thank him for that right now. Thank you, Jesus.
nail-pierced hands are holding mine. Uh, I like this part right here. A crown of thorns has freed my mind. Listen, sin cannot exhaust the grace shown
He loves us today. Maybe you've never known love before. Love like His love. I thought I knew what love was until I met love. Love has a name. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. We thank you. Why don't you look back through the years, saints? Why don't you look back through the years and see what the Lord has done for you? With thanksgiving, can you truly sing the song of the redeemed and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I'm not embarrassed to declare it to those around me because I know if they only knew you the way that I knew you, if they only knew you the way that I know you, God, they wouldn't want anything else. If they only knew the real you, Jesus. Because there's a version of Jesus out there that's not the version in the Bible. There's a misrepresented Jesus. Y'all may be seated. It's a wonderful day to know why we're here celebrating. I just want to minister for a few moments here from this subject. The manifestation of hope. Anybody need any hope in your life? I see a couple people. Are we afraid to to say we need hope? We're in the right place. In one week, Jesus went from king to criminal. He rode into Jerusalem as a king, as prophesied in Zechariah chapter 9. And the people, the people knew it. They knew he was the king. That's why he was greeted with the words, Hosanna, save now. They wanted freedom from Rome's oppression. But Jesus moved past Roman soldiers and went straight to the temple. He spent his final moments on earth as a man, as a prophet, priest, and king, teaching, healing, warning. All of the Old Testament prophecies of a Savior, 
a righteous king, a judge, reprover, liberator, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the arm of the Lord, and many other prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus. The people who should have known rejected him because he didn't offer them what they wanted. But what did they want? May I ask the question here today, what do we want? Is this a question that haunts you? What do I want? I believe that there is a parallel between what they wanted and what we want. If I may present this from an earthly perspective, we want a better life. A better job with more money. Less control of the government. Less taxes. More freedom. Less restrictions. More time off. Less struggling. More comfort. More convenience. A better future. These all sound great. But let me ask you this question. Are they attainable? The harder you work, the harder we work, and the closer you get to reaching your goal, there's this epiphany. I am a slave to the pursuit. I'll spend my whole life working for something I'm not confident will be here for my children. We spend our whole lives captivated by earth's pleasures and earth's opportunities only for them to be gone at the end. We, we busy ourselves with tasks and obligations that really don't do, they don't profit us anything. We spend our life in schools and careers and we get all these things and we place, we fill our homes, we place plaques and diplomas and we put them, we put them all over the house and in our offices only to find out at the end of our life we cannot take them with us. So we work for these things and, and we don't really have confidence that our kids will get that, do we? Because here's what we have convinced ourselves. Everything that we do is for our children to live a better life. And so we go above and beyond and we work towards these goals that are really unreachable, unachievable. But we convince ourselves that we'll get there. How many business owners, actors, and athletes have reached the pinnacle of wealth and popularity only to find their real pinnacle, emptiness? 
when it's all said and done and I get to the highest point that I can achieve in this life, you know what I'm going to be greeted with? It's not going to be the joy that I think is there. It's not going to be the satisfaction or the fulfillment. What I'm going to reach when I get there is emptiness. But the problem is, is I've had emptiness the whole time. The whole time I was reaching for a better way of living. Oh, I, I see a future where we're not struggling. I see a future where everything is worked out. And, and oh, just to make it there and find out it's empty. From poverty to paradise, from poor or rich, the outcome is the same, empty. And Jesus spent his days establishing a new way of living and it would really be liberating. Luke chapter 4, verses 19 through 24. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. Wait a minute. Okay, verse 18. I meant to put 18 down there, brother. Sorry. 418 through 24 the spirit of the lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the lord and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened, fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Yea, will surely say unto me, This proverb physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. It's within these passages that we see what his mission really is to preach the gospel to the poor to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives the recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised hold on to this thought hold on to that thought there to set at liberty them that are bruised because we'll see this later in just a few moments. It's in these words that Jesus reveals himself as a prophet. And prophets speak prophetically concerning future events, past events that have been fulfilled. But they also are a messenger with authority. The voice of God. And we know based on scripture that God was in Christ according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word or the ministry of reconciliation. 
As a prophet, we see Jesus call out the scribes and Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, exposing the way that they have oppressed. Think about this for a moment. The real earthly oppression was those who stood in the way of heaven. Matthew chapter 23 verse 4. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born. Talking about the Pharisees, the scribes and the Pharisees. And lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. And then if we look at verse 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Jesus took a definitive position against the religious leaders because he came to liberate those oppressed by the ones who were supposed to lead. There's a very wrong pattern in our world. The ones, who are, the ones who are to lead and to protect the shepherds, the pastors uh, that, that God calls are to protect and to lead, to lead them to a place where God can fulfill his will and purpose in their life. But there, there seems to be a disconnect in the life that we're in uh, with some religious movements. They would rather control and not bring freedom and liberty to those who the Lord is trying to deliver. In John chapter 8, Jesus called them children of the devil. He called religious men children of the devil. He was dealing with spiritual oppression that had been administered through religious authority. And Jesus stands before them as the son found in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. Jesus, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so Jesus would have a government on his shoulders. And there would be no end. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So what Jesus was, was standing in this moment and doing and proclaiming in the very last week that he was on this earth as a man, he, he was looking into the face of those who, who have brought oppression to his people's lives. And he said, what you shut up, I'm getting ready to open up. You shut up heaven, but what I'm about to do, I'm about to open up heaven. I'm about to give people the opportunity to come out from where they are and receive deliverance and receive healing and receive strength and salvation. I'm here to remind us today what God did for us on the cross, what he did through the death, burial, and resurrection. How he opened up heaven for all of us. He said, he said, I'm going to stop the real oppressor who had been disguised as a godly leader. But Isaiah, let's look at Isaiah 9 and 16. 
for the leaders of this people cause them to err and they that are led of them are destroyed so Isaiah 9 and 16 gives us an image of what Jesus confronted in his last week. Jesus stated when the scribes and Pharisees were finished with their ministry, the recipient would be two times worse than them. Rome wasn't the main problem. It was the works of the devil. And let me tell you what the devil can do. He can use the resources of earth. He can use all the resources of earth. He can infiltrate a church. He can infiltrate a government. Who do you think Rome was being led by? The same the same. The same, uh, the same influence that the religious leaders of that day were being led by. They were under oppression all around. It wasn't just Rome, but that's the freedom that they wanted. If we're not careful, we won't worry about our spiritual walk. We'll, worry, we'll be worried about what the government's doing, what Washington is doing, what the oppressor of this land is doing. Oh, when the enemy is trying to devour, he's trying to get into our life. He's trying to bring discouragement and depression. He wants you to end it all. He wants you to look at that bottle. He wants you to look at that barrel, and he wants you to say it's not worth living listen the pinnacle is empty but I'll give you everything that's the voice of the enemy so so the devil what does he do he uses all of earth's resources to steal kill and to destroy you look at our world, think about this. You look at our world, do you think it's good right now? Anyone have any hope for the next month or the next year? Anyone have hopes of 401k or social security? Listen, we're living, we're, living in, we're living in a strange time, but we're living in a time where God is peeling back the layers. He's peeling back the veil, and people's eyes are being opened to the, to the reality that this thing is wrapping up. But this is the reason that this is the reason why Jesus was manifested. First John chapter 3 and verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The only way, the scripture tells us, the only way to destroy the works of the devil and liberate people from the kingdom, from his kingdom, would be to purchase them. And that purchase requires blood. And that purchase requires death. And Matthew, and Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. For as much them as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver them who, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took, not an, uh, not, he took on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. 
Where, uh, wherefore are in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make rec- reconciliation for the sins of people. And right now we see Jesus or uh, we see Jesus fulfilling his role as a prophet. And here we see how he is fulfilling his role as high priest. To make reconciliation. There was no way around death. Death was the reason that he came. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that he he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Everyone in here, Jesus Christ tasted death for you. Jesus, the one who came to save, to heal, to deliver, to forgive. The one who did so many good things for people. And John even wrote about this in John 21 and verse 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did. The which if they should be written everyone I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. We have a glimpse. This Bible right here we have a glimpse of the things that Jesus did did but there's there's really no way to write everything that he did for humanity everything that he does for us he is a good God and he came for us to make reconciliation to take us out of this pursuit where we're lost trying to find results trying to find purpose and Jesus comes to our rescue and he says if you'll come to me all ye who are heavy laden all ye that are burdened down all you that are worrying and you're stressing and you're full of anxiety and fear come to me and I'll give you rest come to me and I'll liberate you But the people in the day, first century church, was locked into Jesus, locked into his mind. The plan and the purpose of God was locked into his mind. It would have to be for what Jesus would face. Nobody wants to die. Right? We live in a world where we're trying to we're trying to do everything we can not to die. Eating healthy. Well, some. We might not be doing that today. But I think about all the people who are caught up in this, in this pursuit in the world trying to find happiness, trying to find joy, trying to find peace. They're in this pursuit. They're running to attain it, not realizing they'll never get there. So people are fooling themselves. 
and thinking that they're going to get there. That if I just get up, put my running gear on and go after it, that I'm going to get there. But the reality is we never arrive at that place of fulfillment without God. Jesus, Jesus would be traded for a murderer because he was also a suffering servant who would be led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a man, he didn't want to die. And we see this in the garden. We see him in the garden praying and surrendering his will as a man to the will of God. But let me, let me tell you this here today. He found resolve in the garden. He found resolve in his life. And I could say, we can even testify and put it this way, he found joy in death. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are com- uh, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross with joy, despising the shame and to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. He was beaten, ridiculed, mocked, spit on. They led him through the streets without the sound of Hosanna or celebration. They led him through the streets. Like a criminal. The sound was aggressive. The atmosphere was filled with hate and violence. Yet he made his way to Calvary, leaving a stream of his blood on the streets of the city. He didn't do this resentful. He had joy. Don't weep for me. I have joy. They nailed him to the cross. He still had joy. He took his last breath while saying, it is finished. The veil in the temple that separated that separated the people from the presence of God was torn in two. It was writ in twain and the price for redemption was paid. And that's what he that's why he said it is finished. But let me remind us today, he didn't stay on the cross and he didn't stay in the tomb. And that's why we are here today to celebrate his resurrection. Oh, But listen, his resurrection wasn't just for himself. He got up. So I can get up. He got up. So you could get up. He got up so we could get up together. And we can be here and get up together. You know what? When I fall and I fail and I make a mess of my life, he got up so I can get up. He got up so I could be free. So you could be free. 
he got up to be seated on the throne to reign over and in his people. The joy before him was the work that he would do in his people through his spirit. He looked through time and see he seen there would be a day. There would be a day because of his plan and his purpose to bring redemption and liberty to those who would come to him and want out. After his resurrection, he gave them, he gave the disciples and he gave those who would come to this upper room. He gave them instructions to tarry in Jerusalem until the comforter or the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw some, some names out here uh, that it, it's all the same thing. And you can go home and read this and you'll see it's all the same thing. The comforter, the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, it's all the same Spirit. And that Spirit would fall on them and empower them in that upper room in Acts chapter 2. And when they all received the Holy Ghost, they spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And you know what? They spilled out of that upper room with joy. They spilled out of that upper room uh, and people thought that they were drunk. Read it. Acts chapter 2. Read it. These people are crazy. They're drunks. You know, this was probably a mild, (laughs) mild, I can really stress that. This was a mild version of Pentecost compared to what spilled out of that upper room. The Holy Ghost descended on those people who had gathered together to pray and wait for the promise of the Father. And when they got it, they got joy. They got peace. They got power. He said to Terry in Jerusalem, until you get power. And then they left that upper room, and they began to do what God had called them to do. And they filled Jerusalem preaching and teaching, healing and building his kingdom. That's what the first century church started doing. It was a continuation of what Jesus came to do. Remember what he he stood up and read in the synagogue? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Listen, what what he said he was doing and that that scripture was being fulfilled was released into his pupils, into his disciples. And, And when they received the Holy Ghost, they filled Jerusalem with this message. And God worked through them. We have churches here today. We have churches here today because there were people who were sent with anointing and promise. But we also also recognize that there are enemies of the cross that are in control of churches. It's no different than it was in that day. And so 
What we are doing here at High Point is we're doing everything that we know to do by the help of the Lord to do everything the way the Bible says to do it. God has been doing a mighty work in this place because we've lifted our hands and said, Lord, it's not our church. We're here to build it with you. We want you to do the work, and we want to just go along with you. We want to follow you and let you prepare, let you order our steps. We're not trying to carve out our own path. We want God to do the work, and we will go with him. Building his kingdom. Through him, we have access. We can sit in heavenly places. We can live uh, with hope. We can live with peace and joy and fulfillment. Uh, He left the tomb to sit on a throne and invite me into his kingdom. One day he will come back, but it won't be on a donkey. He is coming back. He is coming back as a king. He's coming back for his pride. He's coming back for a people who are going to be looking for his return. He's coming back for a people who say, Lord, don't leave me down here in this. I recognize the emptiness of my life. I see that my life is missing things. It's lacking things. I don't have joy. I don't have peace. Listen, in a world where peace is being removed from this planet, there are people who are trying to find it in a pill trying to find it in a bottle trying to find it in a needle trying to find it in a boyfriend or a girlfriend trying to find it in a relationship trying to find it elsewhere but you're always going to come up empty handed you're always going to be wanting you're always going to be looking because the real satisfaction is in the presence of God and in his will Before, before Pentecost, before the disciples experienced the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they asked Jesus the question, now are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Notice how before, before they received the promise of the Father, they were still trying to hold on to the, the kingdoms of this world being, being flipped back on the right side. But after, after Pentecost, when the, when the Spirit of God was poured out, they, they didn't care anymore about this life. Their life had been changed. And they, they, you, know what, you know what they were willing to do? We don't care about Roman oppression. You know what? We're willing to die for this because that's what happens when somebody really meets the Master. Is God does a work uh, that nobody else can compare to. God does a work uh, that nothing on this, in the, on this planet, in this life, in a store, in a thing could ever accomplish. And you know what I get to do? I get to lay my head down at night uh, knowing that if I pass through this life into the next life, uh, I'm in the hands of the master. I got peace. Uh, I got joy. I can walk through the fire and hold on because there is a Savior that Got up. Actually, 
he got up. Revelation chapter, I'm closing with this. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself, but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now look. I said this Wednesday that when Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey, the people must have been like looking at Rome's horses and looking at Jesus' donkey and thinking, that's no king. But he's not coming back on a donkey. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he, would, he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of, of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's stand. What I want while I'm in this life, what I want is to make sure that I'm following the one that came in on the donkey. Because I don't want to face him when he comes back on a horse. It's going to be an entirely different return. But what we have here today is opportunity. Manifestation of hope. I mentioned this already. Does anyone need hope? I'm going to give you an opportunity. come to this altar and reach for hope and I truly believe that if you came here with your mind made up and your arms stretched out for him that you're going to leave this place with hope maybe you're in the valley of decision right now trying to figure out what your next move is what you're going to do Maybe the Lord has brought you here to this point to choose hope. He has grace, mercy available for you.
This altar is open for anyone who wants to come and get hope.
of the Lord today what I know God has done here and his people Amen. We, got a, we got a great rest of the day planned out here and uh, my wife is going to have some, some instructions but before, before that I just want to say men if you plan on going to men's retreat I want you to come see me I need, I need uh, names I have to send out a registration um, no later than yesterday. Uh, but uh, I need it ASAP. So would you come visit me? I encourage you, if you're on the fence about it, you want to go, but you don't know if you can make it happen, come and visit. Come and visit me. We're gonna, we'll work it out for you. Make sure that you're able to go. I'm going to turn this over to my wife. We are so thankful that all of y'all have joined us today. Um, we do just have a couple of orders of business that we want to tell everybody for how we're going to do it. First of all, um, you're welcome to come take pictures as soon as we dismiss at our photo backdrop. Um, my children, if you all would rush up here as soon as it's over so we can get a picture before I run off and do other things, um, we'll move all this, uh, the pulpit out of the way so that this is uh, for you all to get a good picture with your family, your friends, whoever you want to get a picture with. We're going to have a dinner. Our dinner will be immediately following. I will pray so that we've already prayed once we get over there. I do want to ask you... Um, Parents with children, if you'll just keep an eye on how much food your kids are taking. If your kids are like my kids, they're going to take way more than they can eat. I usually just get their plate for them. But we want to make sure everybody has plenty of food, and I think that we will. There's a ton of food over there, so hopefully everybody gets it. Once everybody is through the line, we'll let you know when you can come back for seconds, and we do want you to come back for seconds, and we want you to eat all of it. But we want to make sure everybody gets fed first, and then we'll let you know when you can come back. The main food will be out first, and once we've started to clear that away then we'll bring out the desserts and once everybody's had a crack at the desserts um, then we'll have a team setting up for the egg hunt and listen folks we have over 750 eggs I don't know how that happened but we got a lot so we'll be setting up for that 
Um, and then after that will be the candy rain. And I've never seen so much candy in all my life. Parents, I'm praying for y'all. Y'all pray for me. I've never seen so much candy. There's a lot out there. So we want your kids to stay and have a good time. It's been such a great time in the house of the Lord today. And we're ready to have some food and fellowship and some fun. Everybody say yes. So I'm going to pray and bless the food, and then we will dismiss you. Dear Lord, you're so good to us, God. We thank you for this day that we've had. We thank you that you took our place. You sacrificed your life for us, and you rose again so that we could walk in newness of life. God, we thank you for every person gathered here today, and we ask that you bless the food that we're going to partake of, that you bless our fellowship, and you go with each person as they go from this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. My kids, come take a picture.